comprehensive, relevant, and insightful conversations about health and medicine happen here at MedStar Georgetown University Hospital Doc Talk. Today we're discussing shoulder and joint injuries and conditions, different kinds of treatment and therapy that are available, and how to know when it's time to seek medical attention for your shoulder or joint condition. We're talking today with Dr. Brent Weasel, an orthopedic surgeon and chief of shoulder surgery and elbow surgery at MedStar Georgetown University Hospital. I'm your host, Matt Holzaffel. Dr. Weasel, welcome to Doc Talk. Thank you for being on with us. Thank you for having me. So let's start with the shoulder. What are some of the most common causes of shoulder pain that you see? So you know, shoulder injuries, uh, the prevalence of them really relates to how old you are. So in the younger population, sort of under uh, 30 or 35, the most common reason people have shoulder problems is either they break a bone from a fall or activity uh, or they dislocate their shoulder. So we see a lot of people with shoulder instability in that age group. Then as you start to get a little bit older, um, we start to see a lot of rotator cuff issues. Um, and that, that's by far the most common problem in the shoulder. Um, I think probably everybody listening to this has either had or knows somebody that's had a rotator cuff problem. Um, and then as you continue to age, just like in any other joint, we do tend to see uh, arthritis, which means the, the joint lining, the, the cartilage of the joints uh, started to wear out. Um, and in that population as well, uh, you start to see more falls, so you can see fractures again. So you mentioned the rotator cuff, so let's talk more about that. What is the rotator cuff and why is that such a common injury? Sure. So by far the most common thing we see in the shoulders, rotator cuff pathology. Um, and the rotator cuff is a series of four muscles that surround the ball um, and keep the ball centered in the socket. And now those muscles run from the shoulder blade out onto the ball, but they run underneath the top of the shoulder. So there's a bone there, they're running underneath. So as you move your arm back and forth, you tend to, to rub that rotator cuff on the bone up over top of it. And it's just simple wear and tear um, will, will wear that tissue away. So that's uh, why it's so common um, and uh, by, by far the most common thing we see. What are some of the common treatments you guys have for treating rotator cuff problems? So the good news with rotator cuff problems uh, is that most of the time we can make it better without surgery. Um, so most rotator cuff issues uh, tend to be degeneration or inflammation of the tissue. And a lot of times that will get better with a combination of physical therapy, sometimes a cortisone injection. Um, you know, once the, the tendon tears, if it tears all the way through, that's when we tend to talk about needing surgery to fix it um, because it becomes a mechanical problem where you got to attach that rotator cuff uh, back to the ball. Although the, the interesting thing about the rotator cuff is that as you start to get older, uh, everyone will have problems with their rotator cuff. So we know if you get an MRI scan of people that have never had a shoulder problem before uh, in their 60s, 60% 60 of them will have a rotator cuff uh, tear. And by the time you're 80, uh, about 80 to 90% of people will have a rotator cuff tear. So we still don't quite understand why some people will have problems and some people don't. We know once you have problems, um, if you do have a full tear, you typically need to have it fixed. Let's discuss another issue that people commonly run into as they age, and that's arthritis. How do we treat arthritis in the shoulder? Sure. So arthritis in the shoulder is just like arthritis in any other joint. It means that the, the lining of the joint, the cartilage that used to be a thousand times smoother than ice, starts to look like a gravel road. Um, and so, you know, patients will gradually develop sort of a dull ache in their shoulder. They'll lose motion in their shoulder. Uh, a lot of times they'll come in complaining, you know, it sounds like a creaky door when I move my arm. And, and sometimes you can hear it from across the room. Um, and that's, again, because those, those joint surfaces that used to be super smooth uh, now look like rocks. Um, and so, you know, we have a lot of things we can do with arthritis in terms of 
alleviating the symptoms from uh, anti-inflammatory medicines like uh, Advil or Aleve, sometimes some physical therapy to help get the range of motion back, sometimes cortisone injection uh, to, to, again, kind of calm down some of the inflammation. Uh, ultimately, though, um, the only true sort of curative treatment for arthritis is to replace the joint. Um, and so that's where shoulder replacement comes in. Let's talk about shoulder replacement. Then we have a reverse shoulder replacement and a regular shoulder replacement. What is the difference and how and when do those two come into play? Sure. So shoulder replacement is a little different than other joint replacements because we do have two different types. And what that means is a regular shoulder replacement or anatomic shoulder replacement. We replace the shoulder basically with something that looks just like what's there. So we put a metal ball where the the normal ball is, we put a plastic socket where the socket is. And that's our traditional operation. In order for that to work, you need to have a functioning rotator cuff, just like you need a functioning rotator cuff for the normal shoulder to work. Um, a newer type of shoulder replacement that's been approved uh, in the U.S. for about the past 25 years, it's been used in Europe for about the past 40 years now, is something called a reverse shoulder replacement. And in that case, we put the ball on the socket side and the socket on the ball side. And the reason to do that is that lest you compensate both for the arthritis, but also for any problems with the rotator cuff. So if you can recall, we, we know that as people get into their 70s and 80s, rotator cuff tearing becomes very, very common. And so the advantage of the reverse replacement is that it, we, we can treat the arthritis as well as any current or potentially future problems with the rotator cuff. Is there a defined answer as to why arthritis develops or does it vary person to person and case to case? You know, it's really, so there's, there's two types of arthritis. There's osteoarthritis, which is wear and tear. Um, and then there's uh, inflammatory arthritis, the most common of which is rheumatoid. And in that case, the body's attacking the cartilage uh, of the joint. And, and so that affects multiple joints in the body. Osteoarthritis tends to be more specific to individual joints. So some people get it in their knees, some people get it in their hips, some people get it in their shoulders. You know, we know there are people, um, you know, every, everybody knows people who've had a bunch of joint replacements. So obviously there's something about those people's genetic makeup and, and what they've done that predisposes them to have arthritis in multiple joints. But then there's plenty of other people that'll just have it in their left shoulder, nowhere else. Um, and that may be because they, you know, they're left-handed and they had a job that had a lot of overhead activity um, or it may just be bad luck. If there's someone listening who has struggled either short-term or long-term with shoulder issues, but they're not sure about whether they should seek medical attention, see their doctor, what are some warning signs or symptoms that might indicate that they might need that medical attention? Sure. So, I mean, I think the, the most common reason that somebody will come into my office is when those symptoms start to interfere with their life. Um, you know, we're, we're fortunate to live in an age where we can fix a lot of things. So if, if you've got pain and it's bothering you all the time, don't ignore it. Come, come get it fixed because a lot of times we can fix it. And the sooner we fix it, the better it tends to work. You know, the other sort of primary driving feature um, that will cause people to seek uh, care for shoulder issues is when it awakens them from sleep. Um, and that's very common. Um, we don't really know why. Certainly arthritis tends to awaken people from sleep in multiple joints. Interestingly, the rotator cuff, uh, one of the most classic symptoms of a rotator cuff problem is shoulder pain that wakes you up in the middle of the night. Um, and uh, there's there's no specific answer for why that happens. My personal thoughts on it is that you take away the weight of gravity on the arm. Um, and so now you're compressing that rotator cuff up against the bone a little bit more. And that's why it causes people more pain. So you find that the pain exists on a spectrum. It starts maybe minor. And as it disrupts your day-to-day -day life more, that's when people come in more often. Yes. I mean, uh, you know, there's, there's very rarely something in the shoulder where we're treating where it's a life-threatening injury. So it's, it's, you know, sort of like all of orthopedics, it tends to be a quality of life issue. Um, but the, 
the nice thing about that is that we really can take people and get them back a lot of times to doing everything they want to do. Are there any unusual signs or symptoms when it comes to shoulder injuries, pain in other areas, the neck, the back, the arm, any other indicators that people might not know to look for? I mean, most of the time, shoulder pain really is isolated to the shoulder or to the upper arm. Um, it's very common for rotator cuff problems, even though the problems in the shoulder to refer down all the way to the elbow. Um, you know, a lot of people will get pain in their neck actually because they're, sh they're, they're moving their shoulder abnormally and so it'll irritate their neck. So if, if you have pain, you know, so that, that runs from the neck all the way down into the hand, that tends to be more of a neck issue than a shoulder issue. If someone comes to you with shoulder pain, what is the typical course of diagnosis? Might you seek an x-ray, an MRI? Does it depend? How do you make that decision? Sure. So, I mean, most of the time when somebody comes in with a shoulder issue, the, the most important thing we do is talk to them. Um, so, I want to know when it started. How does it bother you? Have you had any injuries on that side before? Um, you know, what what activities can't you do? Um, at that point, we're always going to do a physical exam um, to look at how well the shoulder moves and evaluate your strength. Uh, and then most of the time, uh, we'll get an x-ray. Um, and the x-ray is just shows us the bones, um, but so we, we want to see if there's arthritis there uh, or anything else going on with the bones. Uh, it doesn't show you the rotator cuff or other soft tissues around the shoulder, um, but a lot of times we don't need to see that initially. Um, and then the majority of the time uh, at that point, uh, we can make a therapeutic decision and whether it's some physical therapy or a, an injection or a combination of the two um, and go from there. Um, Occasionally, if somebody has a lot of weakness on exam or um, some, you know, other, then we'll need an MRI scan to start with. Um, most of the time, we we will treat somebody uh, if there's no sort of red flags, uh, and then only get an MRI when they come, you know, if, if only if they don't get better, because the majority of people, um, even with a rotator cuff problem, can get better without surgery. What are some of the treatment options that you may recommend for somebody with shoulder pain, and how do you weigh the decision when you're recommending something to someone? Sure. So, I mean, more than uh, almost any other joint uh, in the body, physical therapy tends to be extremely effective with the shoulder. Uh, and the reason for that is the shoulder has more range of motion than any major joint. And so there's less bony constraint to the shoulder, which means that for stability, the shoulder really relies on those muscles and tendons around it to hold it in place, which is that, that's why the rotator cuff is so important. Um, and it, those all really need to work in coordination um, for things to, to be successful and, and pain-free. And so therapy tends to be very effective um, at fixing that. So almost any shoulder problem, uh, therapy is one of our first-line treatments. Um, we'll also sometimes use anti-inflammatory medicines like Advil or Aleve. Cortisone injections can be very effective in the shoulder because they're sort of like hitting the reset on the joint. They, they calm down all the inflammation you have, and then you can go to therapy and without having to deal with pain, get things working back in synchrony the way they're supposed to. Um, and then, you know, depending on the problem, we can't make it better with sort of some of those non-surgical options. We sometimes need surgery. Um, most of the time, if it's for shoulder dislocation or a rotator cuff problem, it's almost always an arthroscopic surgery. So two or three little holes around the shoulder, we go in there with a the camera, special instruments, um, and fix things that way. Um, if it's arthritis or a fracture, then it does tend to be a, a open traditional surgery. Um, we're talking about a, a shoulder replacement or if it's a fracture, you know, relining the bones and straightening them with a, a plate and screws. What are some of the benefits patients can expect if they come to MedStar Georgetown University Hospital to see you or to see anyone on your team 
with a shoulder or other joint injury. So, I mean, I think one of the advantages we offer here at Georgetown is within our department of orthopedics, everybody is subspecialized. So all I do all day uh, is really look at shoulder problems, uh, several thousand of them a year. Um, And when I operate, you know, it's just a question of whether it's a left shoulder or right shoulder. Um, And I have uh, 14 partners here who are all the same. You know, we have our, our spine surgeons do just spine. Uh, our uh, hip and knee surgeons do just hip and knee replacements. We have hand surgeons that just do hand surgery. Um, and so I think that's a real advantage um, because uh, you know, it's been shown the more you do of something when it comes to surgery, the better the outcomes uh, are. You know, and then the other advantage of coming to Georgetown is we are part of the MedStar network. So you may come down here for surgery, uh, but you can do your physical therapy um, through MedStar um, at a location convenient to you, close to home. Um, and all of us, uh, in addition to seeing patients here at Georgetown, do see patients at uh, various locations out in the community. So I, I see patients out in Chevy Chase once a week, as well as in McLean. So, um, you know, th- those are sort of some of the advantages of our group here at Georgetown. Dr. Brent Weasel, thank you so much for taking the time to be with us. We hope you've enjoyed learning about conditions of the shoulder and the elbow and other joints, different kinds of treatments and therapy that are available. I don't know when it's time to seek medical attention for your shoulder or elbow condition. We've been talking with Dr. Brent Weasel, MedStar Georgetown University Hospital in Washington, D.C. Dr. Weasel, thank you again for sharing your expertise here on MedStar Health Doc Talk. For more information on shoulder and elbow orthopedic surgery, visit medstarhealth.org search shoulder and elbow orthopedic surgery, or for an appointment, call 202-444-8766.